Chapter 42 to Chapter 43 of Don Quixote, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rongshore. Don Quixote, Volume 2, by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. Translated by John Ormsby. Chapter 42. Of the counsels which Don Quixote gave Sancho Panza before he set out to govern the island, together with other well-considered matters. The Duke and Duchess were so well pleased with the successful and drawl result of the adventure of the distressed one that they resolved to carry on the joke, seeing what a fit subject they had to deal with for making it all pass for reality. So having laid their plans and given instructions to their servants and vassals how to behave to Sancho in his government of the promised island, the next day, that following Clavileño's flight, the duke told Sancho to prepare and get ready to go and be governor, for his islanders were already looking out for him as for the showers of May. Sancho made him an obeisance, and said, Ever since I came down from heaven, and from the top of it beheld the earth, and saw how little it is, the great desire I had to be a governor has been partly cooled in me. For what is there grand in being ruler on a grain of mustard seed? Or what dignity or authority in governing half a dozen men about as big as hazelnuts? For so far as I could see, there were no more on the whole earth." if your lordship would be so good as to give me ever so small a bit of heaven, were it no more than half a league, I'd rather have it than the best island in the world. Recollect, Sancho, said the duke, I cannot give a bit of heaven, no, not so much as the breadth of my nail to any one. Rewards and favors of that sort are reserved for God alone. What I can give, I give you, and that is a real, genuine island, compact, well-proportioned, and uncommonly fertile and fruitful, where, if you know how to use your opportunities, you may, with the help of the world's riches, gain those of heaven. Well, then, said Sancho, let the island come, and I'll try and be such a governor that in spite of scoundrels I'll go to heaven, and it's not from any craving to quit my own humble condition or better myself, but from the desire I have to try what it tastes like to be a governor. If you make trial of it, Sancho, said the duke, you'll eat your fingers off after the government, so sweet a thing is it to command and be obeyed. Depend on it when your master comes to be emperor, as he will beyond a doubt from the course his affairs are taking. It will be no easy matter to wrest the dignity from him, and he will be sore and sorry at heart to have been so long without becoming one. Senor, said Sancho, it is my belief it's a good thing to be in command, if it's only over a drove of cattle." "'May I be buried with you, Sancho,' said the duke. "'But you know everything. "'I hope you will make as good a governor as your sagacity promises, "'and that is all I have to say. "'And now, remember, to-morrow is the day you must set out for the government of the island, "'and this evening they will provide you with the proper attire for you to wear, "'and all things requisite for your departure.' "'Let them dress me as they like,' said Sancho. "'However I'm dressed, I'll be Sancho Panza.' "'That's true,' said the duke, "'but one's dress must be suited to the office or rank one holds, "'for it would not do for a jurist to dress like a soldier, "'or a soldier like a priest. "'You, Sancho, shall go partly as a lawyer, partly as a captain, "'for in the island I am giving you, "'arms are needed as much as letters, "'and letters as much as arms.' "'Of letters I know but little,' said Sancho, "'for I don't even know the ABC. "'But it is enough for me to have the Christus in my memory "'to be a good governor. "'As for arms, I'll handle those they give me till I drop, "'and then God be my help.' "'With so good a memory,' said the Duke, "'Sancho cannot go wrong in anything.' 
Here Don Quixote joined them, and learning what passed, and how soon Sancho was to go to his government, he, with the duke's permission, took him by the hand, and retired to his room with him for the purpose of giving him advice as to how he was to demean himself in his office. As soon as they had entered the chamber, he closed the door after him, and almost by force made Sancho sit down beside him, and in a quiet tone thus addressed him, I give infinite thanks to heaven, friend Sancho, that before I have met with any good luck, fortune has come forward to meet thee. I, who counted upon my good fortune to discharge the recompense of thy services, find myself still waiting for advancement, while thou, before the time, and contrary to all reasonable expectation, seest thyself blessed in the fulfillment of thy desires. Some will bribe, beg, solicit, rise early, entreat, persist, without attaining the object of their suit, while another comes, and without knowing why or wherefore, finds himself invested with the place or office so many have sued for. And here it is that the common saying, there is good luck as well as bad luck in suits, applies. Thou, who to my thinking art beyond all doubt— a dullard, without early rising or night-watching or taking any trouble, with the mere breath of night-errantry that has breathed upon thee, seest thyself without more ado, governor of an island, as though it were a mere matter of course. This I say, Sancho, that thou attribute not the favour thou hast received to thine own merits, but give thanks to heaven that disposes matters beneficently, and secondly, thanks to the great power the profession of night-errantry contains in itself." with a heart, then. Inclined to believe what I have said to thee, attend, my son, to thy Cato here, who would counsel thee and be thy pole-star, and guide to direct and pilot thee to a safe haven out of this stormy sea, wherein thou art about to engulf thyself, for offices and great trusts are nothing else but a mighty gulf of troubles. First of all, my son, thou must fear God, for in the fear of him is wisdom, and being wise thou canst not err in aught." Secondly, thou must keep in view what thou art, striving to know thyself, the most difficult thing to know that the mind can imagine. If thou knowest thyself, it will follow thou wilt not puff thyself up like the frog that strove to make himself as large as the ox. If thou dost, the recollection of having kept pigs in thine own country will serve as the ugly feet for thy wheel of thy folly. Well, that's the truth said Sancho, but that was when I was a boy. Afterwards, when I was something more of a man, it was geese I kept, not pigs. But to my thinking, that has nothing to do with it, for all who are governors don't come of a kingly stock. True, said Don Quixote, and for that reason those who are not of noble origin should take care that the dignity of the office they hold be accompanied by a gentle suavity, which wisely managed will save them from the sneers of malice that no station escapes." Glory in thy humble birth, Sancho, and be not ashamed of saying thou art peasant-born, for when it is seen thou art not ashamed, no one will set himself to put thee to the blush, and pride thyself rather upon being one of lowly virtue than a lofty sinner. Countless are they who, born of mean parentage, have risen to the highest dignities, pontifical and imperial, and of the truth of this I could give thee instances enough to weary thee." Remember, Sancho, if thou make virtue thy aim, and take a pride in doing virtuous actions, thou wilt have no cause to envy those who have princely and lordly ones, for blood is an inheritance, but virtue an acquisition, and virtue has in itself alone a worth that blood does not possess. This being so, if perchance any one of thy kinsfolk should come to see thee when thou art in thine island, 
thou art not to repel or slight him, but on the contrary to welcome him, entertain him, and make much of him, for in doing thou wilt be approved of heaven, which is not pleased that any should despise what it hath made, and wilt comply with the laws of well-ordered nature. If thou carriest thy wife with thee, and it is not well for those that administer governments to be long without their wives, teach and instruct her, and strive to smooth down her natural roughness, for all that may be gained by a wise governor may be lost and wasted by a boorish, stupid wife. If perchance thou art left a widower, a thing which may happen, and in virtue of thy office seekest a concert of higher degree, choose not one to serve thee for a hook, or for a fishing-rod, or for the hood of thy won't-have-it, for verily I tell thee, for all the judge's wife receives, the husband will be held accountable at the general calling to account, where he will have repay in death fourfold, items that in life he regarded as naught. Never go by arbitrary law, which is so much favoured by ignorant men who plume themselves on cleverness. Let the tears of the poor man find with thee more compassion, but not more justice, than the pleadings of the rich." Strive to lay bare the truth as well amid the promises and presence of the rich man as amid the sobs and entreaties of the poor. When equity may and should be brought into play, press not the utmost rigor of the law against the guilty, for the reputation of the stern judge stands not higher than that of the compassionate. If perchance thou permittest the staff of justice to swerve, let it be not by the weight of a gift, but by that of mercy." If it should happen thee to give judgment in the cause of one who is thine enemy, turn thy thoughts away from thy injury, and fix them on the justice of the case. Let not thine own passion blind thee in another man's cause, for the errors thou wilt thus commit will be most frequently irremediable, or if not, only to be remedied at the expense of thy good name and even of thy fortune." If any handsome woman come to seek justice of thee, turn away thine eyes from her tears, and thine ears from her lamentations, and consider deliberately the merits of her demand, if thou wouldst not have thy reason swept away by her weeping, and thy rectitude by her sighs. Abuse not by word him whom thou hast to punish indeed, for the pain of punishment is enough for the unfortunate, without the addition of thine objurgations. Bear in mind that the culprit who comes under thy jurisdiction is but a miserable man, subject to all the propensities of our depraved nature, and so far as may be in thy power, show thyself lenient and forbearing, for though the attributes of God are all equal to our eyes, that of mercy is brighter and loftier than that of justice. If thou followest these precepts and rules, Sancho, thy days will be long, thy fame eternal, thy reward abundant, thy felicity unutterable. Thou wilt marry thy children as thou wouldst, they and thy grandchildren will bear titles, thou wilt live in peace and concord with all men, and when life draws to a close, death will come to thee in calm and ripe old age, and the light and loving hands of thy great-grandchildren will close thine eyes." What I have thus far addressed to thee are instructions for the adornment of thy mind. Listen now to those which tend to that of the body. End of chapter 42 Chapter 43 Of the second set of counsels Don Quixote gave Sancho Panza Who, 
hearing the foregoing discourse of Don Quixote, would not have set him down for a person of great good sense and greater rectitude of purpose. But as has been frequently observed in the course of this great history, he only talked nonsense when he touched on chivalry, and in discussing all other subjects showed that he had a clear and unbiased understanding, so that at every turn his acts gave the lie to his intellect, and his intellect to his acts. But in the case of these second counsels that he gave Sancho, he showed himself to have a lively turn of humor, and displayed conspicuously his wisdom, and also his folly. Sancho listened to him with the deepest attention, and endeavored to fix his counsels in his memory, like one who meant to follow them, and by their means bring the full promise of his government to a happy issue. Don Quixote then went on to say, with regard to the mode in which thou shouldst govern thy person and thy house, Sancho, the first charge I have to give thee is to be clean, and to cut thy nails, not letting them grow as some do, whose ignorance makes them fancy that long nails are an ornament to their hands, as if those excrescences they neglect to cut were nails, and not the talons of a lizard-catching kestrel, a filthy and unnatural abuse." Go not ungirt and loose, Sancho, for disordered attire is a sign of an unstable mind, unless indeed the slovenliness and slackness is to be set down to craft, as was the common opinion in the case of Julius Caesar. Ascertain cautiously what thy office may be worth, and if it will allow thee to give liveries to thy servants, give them respectable and serviceable, rather than showy and gay ones, and divide them between thy servants and the poor, that is to say, if thou canst clothe six pages, clothe three and three poor men, and thus thou wilt have pages for heaven and pages for earth, the vainglorious never think of this new mode of giving liveries." Eat not garlic nor onions, lest they find out thy boorish origin by the smell. Walk slowly and speak deliberately, but not in such a way as to make it seem thou art listening to thyself, for all affectation is bad. Dine sparingly, and sup more sparingly still, for the health of the whole body is forged in the workshop of the stomach." Be temperate in drinking, bearing in mind that wine in excess keeps neither secrets nor promises. Take care, Sancho, not to chew on both sides, and not to eruct in anybody's presence. Eruct, said Sancho, I don't know what that means. To eruct, Sancho, said Don Quixote, means to belch, and that is one of the filthiest words in the Spanish language, though a very expressive one, and therefore nice folk have had recourse to the Latin, and instead of belch, they say eruct, and instead of belches, say eructations, and if some do not understand these terms, it matters little, for custom will bring them into use in the course of time, so that they will be readily understood. This is the way a language is enriched. Custom and the public are all powerful there. In truth, signor, said Sancho, one of the counsels and cautions I mean to bear in mind shall be this, not to belch, for I'm constantly doing it. Eruct, Sancho, not belch, said Don Quixote. Eruct, I shall say henceforth, and I swear not to forget it, said Sancho. Likewise, Sancho, said Don Quixote, thou must not mingle such a quantity of proverbs in thy discourse as thou dost, for though proverbs are short maxim, thou dost drag them in so often by the head and shoulders that they savor more of nonsense than of maxims. 
God alone can cure that, said Sancho, for I have more proverbs in me than a book, and when I speak they come so thick together into my mouth that they fall to fighting among themselves to get out. That's why my tongue lets fly the first that come, though they may not be pat to the purpose. But I'll take henceforward to you such as befit the dignity of my office, for in a house where there's plenty, supper is soon cooked, and he who binds does not wrangle, and the bell ringers in a safe berth, and giving and keeping require brains. That's it, Sancho, said Don Quixote. Pack, tack, string proverbs together. Nobody is hindering thee. My mother beats me, and I go on with my tricks. I am bidding thee avoid proverbs, and here in a second thou hast shot out a whole litany of them, which have as much to do with what we are talking about as over the hills of Ubeda. Mind, Sancho, I do not say that a proverb aptly brought in is objectionable, but to pile up and string together proverbs at random makes conversation dull and vulgar. When thou ridest on horseback, do not go lolling with thy body on the back of the saddle, nor carry thy legs stick or sticking out from the horse's belly, nor yet sit so loosely that one would suppose thou wert on dapple, for the seat on a horse makes gentlemen of some and grooms of others. Be moderate in thy sleep, for he who does not rise early does not get the benefit of the day. And remember, Sancho, diligence is the mother of good fortune, and indolence, its opposite, never yet attained the object of an honest ambition. The last counsel I will give thee now, though it does not tend to bodily improvement, I would have thee carry carefully in thy memory, for I believe it will be no less useful to thee than those I have given thee already, and it is this. Never engage in a dispute about families, at least in the way of comparing them with one another, for necessarily one of those compared will be better than the other, and thou wilt be hated by the one thou hast disparaged, and get nothing in any shape from the one thou hast exalted. Thy attire shall be hose of full length, a long jerkin, and a cloak a trifle longer, loose breeches by no means, for they are becoming neither for gentlemen nor for governors." For the present, Sancho, this is all that has occurred to me to advise thee. As time goes by and occasions arise, my instructions shall follow, if thou take care to let me know how thou art circumstanced. Signor, said Sancho, I see well enough that all these things your worship has said to me are good, holy, and profitable, but what use will they be to me if I don't remember one of them? To be sure that about not letting my nails grow, and marrying again if I have the chance, will not slip out of my head, but all that other hash, muddle, and jumble, I don't and can't recollect any more of it than of last year's clouds, so it must be given me in writing, for though I can't either read or write, I'll give it to my confessor, to drive it into me, and remind me of it whenever it is necessary. "'Ah, sinner that I am,' said Don Quixote, "'how bad it looks in governors not to know how to read or write. "'For let me tell thee, Sancho, when a man knows not how to read or is left-handed, "'it argues one of two things, either that he was the son of exceedingly mean and lowly parents, "'or that he himself was so incorrigible and ill-conditioned "'that neither good company nor good teaching could make any impression on him.' It is a great defect that thou laborest under, and therefore I would have thee learn at any rate to sign thy name. I can sign my name well enough, said Sancho, for when I was steward of the brotherhood in my village, I learned to make certain letters, like the marks on bales of goods which they told me made out my name. Besides, I can pretend my right hand is disabled, and make someone else sign for me, for there's a remedy for everything except death. And as I shall be in command and hold the staff, I can do as I like. Moreover, he who has the alcalde for his father, 
and I'll be governor, and that's higher than Alcalde. Only come and see. Let them make light of me and abuse me. They'll come for wool and go back shorn. Whom God loves, his house is known to him. The silly sayings of the rich pass for saws in the world. And as I'll be rich, being a governor, and at the same time generous, as I mean to be, no fault will be seen in me. Only make yourself funny, and the flies will suck you. As much as thou hast, so much art thou worth as my grandmother used to say, and thou canst have no revenge of a man of substance. Oh, God's curse upon thee, Sancho, here exclaimed Don Quixote. Sixty thousand devils fly away with thee and thy proverbs. For the last hour thou hast been stringing them together and inflicting the pangs of torture on me with every one of them. Those proverbs will bring thee to the gallows one day, I promise thee. Thy subjects will take the government from thee, or there will be revolts among them. Tell me, where dost thou pick them up, thou booby? How dost thou apply them, thou blockhead? For with me, to utter one and make it apply properly, I have to sweat and labor as if I were digging. By God, master mine, said Sancho, your worship is making a fuss about very little. Why the devil should you be vexed if I make use of what is my own? And I have got nothing else nor any other stock in trade except proverbs and more proverbs. And here are three just this instant come into my head, pat to the purpose and like pears in a basket. But I won't repeat them, for sage silence is called Sancho. That, Sancho, thou art not, said Don Quixote, for not only art thou not sage silence, but thou art pestilent prate and perversity. Still I would like to know what three proverbs have just now come into thy memory, for I have been turning over mine own, and it is a good one, and none occurs to me. What can be better, said Sancho, than never put thy thumbs between two back teeth, and to get out of my house, and what do you want with my wife, there is no answer. And whether the pitcher hits a stove or the stove a pitcher, it's a bad business for a pitcher. All which fit to a hair, for no one should quarrel with his governor or him in authority over him, because he will come off the worst, as he does who puts his finger between two back, and if they are not back teeth, it makes no difference so long as they are teeth. And... To whatever the governor may say, there's no answer, any more than to get out of my house, and what do you want with my wife? And then, as for that about the stone and the pitcher, a blind man could see that, so that he who sees the mote in another's eye had need to see the beam in his own, that it be not said of himself, the dead woman was frightened at the one with her throat cut. And your worship knows well that the fool knows more in his own house than the wise man in another's. "'Nay, Sancho,' said Don Quixote, "'the fool knows nothing, either in his own house or in anybody else's, "'for no wise structure of any sort can stand on a foundation of folly. "'But let us say no more about it, Sancho, "'for if thou governest badly, thine will be the fault and mine the shame. "'But I comfort myself with having done my duty "'in advising thee as earnestly and as wisely as I could, "'and thus I am released from my obligations and my promise.' God guide thee, Sancho, and govern thee in my government, and deliver me from the misgiving I have that thou wilt turn the whole island upside down, a thing I might easily prevent by explaining to the duke what thou art, and telling him that all that fat little person of thine is nothing else but a sack full of proverbs and sauciness. Senor, 
said Sancho, if your worship thinks I'm not fit for this government, I give it up on the spot, for the mere black of the nail of my soul is dearer to me than my whole body, and I can live just as well, simple Sancho, on bread and onions, as governor, on partridges and capons, and what's more, while we're asleep we're all equal, great and small, rich and poor, but if your worship looks into it, you will see it was your worship alone that put me on to this business of governing, for I know no more about the government of islands than a buzzard, and if there's any reason to think that because of my being a governor the devil will get hold of me, I'd rather go Sancho to heaven than governor to hell. By God, Sancho, said Don Quixote, for those last words thou hast uttered alone, I consider thou deservest to be governor of a thousand islands. Thou hast good natural instincts, without which no knowledge is worth anything. Commend thyself to God, and try not to swerve in the pursuit of thy main object. I mean, always make it thy aim and fixed purpose to do right in all manners that come before thee, for heaven always helps good intentions. And now let us go to dinner, for I think my lord and lady are waiting for us. End of chapter 43 Recording by Rongshore, Los Angeles.